this is Christmas Eve. I've been very grateful to walk through radical acceptance all through the Advent season as we look forward to not just remembering when Jesus came, but when he will come back. And yesterday was so much fun to do with Nancy and to talk about radically accepting people in our families. And we all need to remember that today and tomorrow. It was quite ironic to me when my cousin Danny texted me in the middle of our talk to say that our Christmas tree lights were not working. We're talking about radical acceptance and he's condemning our poor little Christmas tree. But that just shows how much we all struggle with that. So uh, thanks, Danny. And um, what I thought I would do today is just simply remember with you the story of the birth of Jesus from the second chapter of Luke. It's very familiar words, wonderful to hear again. Uh, Tom Wright, the New Testament scholar, talks about how there's a uh, an indicator in this story. There's a word that gets repeated three times because it has great significance, and sometimes we miss it. Uh, the example he uses is when you have a dog, uh, if you point, sometimes a dog, instead of looking at what you're pointing at, will just look at your finger because they're a little loose on the concept of pointing, and that we can be that way sometimes. We miss the significance of what it is that a story is pointing to. So as you listen to this story, there's a word that will come up three times and it's significant. We'll talk about that after we're through. But now bask in the story. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this decree first went out when Quirinius was the governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, each up to his own town. And Joseph also went out of Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, into the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, for he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be taxed with his espoused wife, who was great with child. And it came to pass, while they were there, that the days were fulfilled that she should be delivered. And Mary brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. There were in the same country shepherds abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And lo, an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid. But... The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be to all the peoples. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign unto you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there were with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, good will toward men. And when the angels were gone away into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad all that was told them concerning the child. But Mary treasured up all of these things and pondered them in her heart.
That's the story around which our world and human history revolves. And the little phrase that is repeated three times that Tom Wright says is pointing something out to us is the phrase, in the manger. Not once, not twice, but three times. And we often think of the manger as just a kind of a picturesque uh, little image to put on Christmas cards, but it's more than that. The angels say, this will be a sign to you. They're only gonna find one baby lying in a manger. And not just that, it tells us something about the baby. It tells us something about the kingdom. It tells us something about the hope that we can radically accept in Jesus, in the incarnation. And of course, the contrast comes artfully at the very beginning of this passage. And it came to pass that in those days, there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus. Now, Caesar Augustus was the most powerful man in the world. He had more money more fame, more influence, armies at his beck and call. If there was anybody who mattered, if there were anybody who was the king, the ruler, it was Caesar Augustus. And he became king in quite a bloody way. He was the adopted son of Julius Caesar. There was a horrific civil war fought to find out who would sit on the throne. He defeated all of his enemies. Mark Anthony was the last one. He committed suicide at the end of it because he knew there was no future for him with that king on the throne. And then Caesar Augustus took Rome from being a republic ruled by the Senate to being an empire ruled by an emperor. He issued a decree. But Luke is telling us, notice in this faraway place that Caesar never heard of, a little family that Caesar would never meet ended up going to a little town that Caesar would never visit, the town of Bethlehem, which, oh, by the way, just happened to be the place that the ancient prophecies said from which would come the one who would rule the world. Only he would not rule like Julius Caesar. He would not conquer by inflicting the blood of others, by shedding the blood of others. He would conquer by shedding his own blood. And you will find him wrapped not in gold or satin, but in swaddling clothes, not laying in a gold crib in a palace, but in a manger. And that manger is a little sign that points to a kingdom that is operated by self-sacrificing love. That little manger points to a king who, though he was rich, yet he became poor for our sakes, and who would teach us that the way to be great is to serve, and that the one who would rule will be the slave of all. And the way to life is to uh, die to yourself. That little manger points to a cross. The manger points to the cross. And then the cross points to the way of life that is there for all of us. So in this Christmas season, whatever you are facing, However it may be that life is not turning out the way that you want it to be, that is not the end of hope. The sign comes to us again, the way that it came to those shepherds a couple thousand years ago. This will be a sign to you in the places of ordinariness and powerlessness and disappointment. That is where we still find Jesus, in our brokenness, in our pain, when we humble ourselves like the shepherds, when we kneel at the manger, when we stand at the cross, we are then in the presence of the king of the universe. Not by wealth, not by power, not by might, not by Caesar. That's not the way. 
It is the way of the manger. That is our whole hope. That is the hope that we radically accept on this day. I'm grateful to share that hope with you. We're going to celebrate Christmas tomorrow, and then I'll take a little time off, but later on in January, come back with another series about the new person that God wants us to become that is possible. But for now, but for now, but for now, good news of great joy to all people. Unto us is born this day a Savior, and his name isn't Caesar, although they called Caesar Savior, although he claimed that title. His name is Christ. Amen. Hi, more than a video to watch, we hope this is a community you can engage with. So add your voice to the comments. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on Instagram, or join our Facebook group, becomenew.me. We'll be posting daily resources and questions for you to engage with. So take a step, get connected. We'll see you next time.